Warning, some of the contents herein may be deemed offensive, and we at Anti-Radio understand that we are living in a sensitive time with some really sensitive people. If you're one of those sensitive people, please, don't bitch, don't whine, don't throw a snowflake fit. Just turn us off. But please don't turn us off because we need the ratings. Thank you. Anti-radio is on the air. Question authority. Anti-radio. The podcast. I'm Jeff Testanero. And I'm Jennifer Testanero. And I've had, I've had the absolute worst morning. What's that? Because I got shot in the eye (laughs) by hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer? Hand sanitizer. How? How? I sneezed into my hands. Ooh. And to be a nice person... I went to go sanitize because, you know, I don't get blamed Wait, for to be a nice person? Yes. That's, do you want, like, a cookie for that? No, you should have... I should get a badge. Should get a That's badge. disgusting. <laughs> Why didn't you get a tissue? Well, because I didn't want to be blamed for trying to kill somebody's grandma or anything mm, with my, my germs. God. So I went to sanitize my hands. And when I hit the pump, the fucking shit shot right <laughs> out of me like a freaking nail gun. <laughs> right into my left cornea. <laughs> Like, and I, like, my head went back, and I'm like, ah! Oh and it was, it, it, I'm not even how, joking. How is that possible? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it didn't even hit my hand. It went straight <laughs> into can't. my eye. Into your eye. Like, like I was in, like, some kind of porn film. It was oh, horrible. <laughs> and I got it on my, a little on my shirt, and I'm like, <laughs> and my eye was burning. My eye's been burning all day. At one point, oh, yeah, it, it is felt, a little, little off-colored. It, <laughs> hand sanitizer. Purell, right there. I'm and, sorry, that's funny. And it must have seeped into my my what's it called, my eye socket, because <laughs> like even the tissue behind my eye socket was like hurting, and it was just. <sighs> that's what I get I think for it's trying hilarious. to sneeze. No, that's humanity. what you get for sneezing in your hand. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I supposed to sneeze? Into a tissue, like a normal person. It was coming, and I just couldn't help it. So it you was... used your elbow, like we teach the three-year-olds at work. Why am I gonna sneeze into my elbow? It's just, it's gonna escape easier. No, because you're supposed to like crowd it. <laughs> what if it gets all over my shirt? Oh well. Oh well, my butt. You can wash that. And it, it was just this is what I get trying to play superhero. Oh my god. And saving humanity <laughs> right. you from are another so off. terrible, <laughs> horrible pandemic. Because I don't want to be patient zero. Oh god. I don't want to be dissected in a Wuhan lab or anything. I don't want that. Yeah, because that's definitely what was happening. <laughs> <sighs> I can't believe that's what you take of that. Well, that I was trying to save the world? <laughs> no. I think it's disgusting. You sneezed into your hand. <laughs> but lo and behold, <laughs> the makers of, was it Johnson & Johnson? I don't know. The makers of Purell thought otherwise and said, you know what, Great. let's blind him. I told you, that's what you get for sneezing in your hand in the first place. Right in the eye. It's disgusting. <laughs> All right, right move on. I'm, gro- I'm grossed out. Right in the eye. Again. Welcome to Anti-Radio. <laughs> Um, if you uh, haven't heard or you've been living under a rock, we have a second show called From the Void. And last week it debuted, and it's doing really well. It was my 2013 interview with Mr. Dave Lombardo. Of course you had to start with that. Of course I had to. It was kind of like my, it was one of my favorites, especially with the six seconds of silence. Now, <laughs> I don't know, I didn't notice it the 
first time we we actually did the interview live, mm-hmm. but listening back, there's six seconds of silence. When? When I ask the question, what's it like working with Slayer? <laughs> because he was debating if he should hang up or if he should, you know, yell at you or if he should tell you to fuck off. I think he wanted to tell me to fuck off because there's I don't blame him. He told you he wasn't going to talk about it, and you asked anyway. I had to ask. It was Dave Lombardo. All right, well, you're lucky you didn't get hung up on. I'll just say I'm that. very lucky. Actually, that would have been probably made for second best radio, because the answer was great. <laughs> uh, so go ahead. It's right underneath this one on the stream. So click it and listen up. Um, tonight, our friend Mr. Josh Moore from Fear the Masses, from right here in Connecticut, comes and chats. So it's always a good time having Josh with us here on Anti-Radio. And, of course, Jen's reality chaos. Of course. And, apparently, there's something special you wanted to talk about tonight. I know. We talked about it last week. I just this I had this wonderful idea. <laughs> Those things happen. They do. Yep. And what um, is it? We're going to talk about some obscure music genres. I learned, oh, sure. um, you know, from some of the young kids. You know, I feel so old because I didn't know about some of these. So, you know, we're going to talk about some of those. I want to see if anyone else has heard of them, because I thought I was crazy. I've never heard of these in my life. I've pulled up a few. Okay, we're going to check them out. So we're going to check it out. And um, coming up right after this, we have Jen's Chaos. And it was chaos. Right here on Anti-Radio. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Welcome back to Anti-Radio. I'm Jeff Testanero. And I'm Jen Testanero. I'm not even going to push you anymore with this. No, leave me alone. <laughs> even though it was your idea to add the podcast anyway. But first things first. Jennifer. What? You didn't want me to name it. So I'm <laughs> no, you're not naming it. Name it. Just my turn. Is that it's your turn. I'm going to say my yeah, turn. Jen's turn. <laughs> Pack, um, you in. Okay, so the one thing we have to talk about, and we're only going to do one because, you know, I won't drag on forever, but we have to talk about the Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion. Yeah, we do. That, I mean, I, I've watched a lot of reality TV mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of reunions. Mm-hmm. That is a shit show. That is a shit show. <laughs> that was chaos. Like, I felt anxious watching it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was one of those you feel the secondhand uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was all sorts of things being thrown at each other, but it really mostly centered around Melissa and Teresa's feud. Of course it did. Yeah. So, Melissa was married to Teresa's brother, Joe. And Backstory. Teresa, well, just in case, like you said, nobody listens. No one that listens to this watches reality TV, so it just is. in case. It is for the wives and the girlfriends, yes. Yes, exactly. They're, they're listening, too. I'm aware of that. <laughs> um, so... Yes, and Teresa and Louie just got married at the end of the season. Louis is, I'm sorry, real quick. Louie is such a douche. Well, that's like, what I... I want to hit him. Well, that's what I was going to say. So most of this is based around because, I mean, Teresa and Joe have always had their issues, and Melissa. But ever since Louie's come in the picture, first things were like, okay, and Louie seemed like he was kind of being the middleman and, you know, being a therapist, and now it seems to have gotten 20 times worse. So there seems to be a lot of, like, backhand stuff that happened off the show. That's now coming on. Like, they keep talking about a business deal that they tried to do together. And then apparently Joe screwed them. I mean, t- Louis, Louis screwed, screwed them. them. Uh, but then they're saying that it wasn't. It was Joe. So you don't really know, like, what to believe. But I, I Louis, I don't think he's crazy. I got two words for you. What? 
Bo Deedle. <laughs> Deedly dee dee doo. Bo, oh Bo Deedle. If you watched it, you'll know what that means. Apparently, we get on part three, right, this week? <sighs> I guess. Yes, we'll hear all about that. But apparently, he hired, so the, the background, apparently, he hired this um, private investigator mm -hmm. um, to find information on all the housewives and their families and their husbands and all the everyone. Bo Deedle. So, and now it's coming out. Um, all breaking news here. Uh oh, I shouldn't say breaking news. Beep, 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 a few days beep. ago, but um, Louis' ex-wife mm -hmm. just came out. She found out through the show and everything that Bodito was also looking into her, and um, so she has filed a restraining order against Louis. Oh my god. Yep. And um, he's not around, allowed to be around her. And apparently, he was looking into even like very personal things about her and her family. And she's apparently a therapist. Of course she is. Right? But um, <laughs> apparently, I mean, I'm sorry. If even your ex-wife now is getting... And that, they've been divorced for years. And he's remarried. If you're getting a restraining order now, there's a problem. There's a problem. <laughs> there's a huge problem. So I'm very curious to see where this goes. Because it seems like now it's all coming back to him. At first, they kept well, throwing it back and forth. I think we found the common denominator here. Okay, if anybody's watched the show, or if you go watch this this, this episode, so you know what we're talking about. Um, Frank, big Frank Jack, Catania, big Jack, mm -hmm. Juice Monkey Frank, yep. who used to be married to Dolores mm -hmm. on the show. He doesn't say a word. He doesn't get involved. He doesn't. Yeah, start he usually fights. laughs at the drama. He I mean. backs up Joe, and Joe goes crazy. But when he's sitting in the green room saying, "I'm gonna go punch him in the face," it's all back to Louis. That's what I mean. It's like, for you know, usually these reunions are always like, you know, everybody's yelling at each other and you don't know who to believe. This all seems to center back to Louis, so mm -hmm. this should be interesting. And I'm curious to see, because obviously there's like real life things happening now with, you know, all this coming out. So I'm curious to see what happens. So I can't wait for this week. I thought it was funny the way they sat them. Oh, One you, it's side so... is Please. Team Teresa. The other yeah. time is Team Melissa, and it's just, it's like, it's like watching and the world. Andy Rumble. in the middle. <laughs> there's a little, little Andy just being Andy. I can't wait to. They showed a preview of Andy, like, losing his mind at them because he can't get a word in. And he tells them all to shut up. That's I so can't weird. wait. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see this week. It's going to be shit show number three. Yeah. Is this, is this the last one? I think for so. The, for the reunions? I think so. So who's leaving? I don't know. I don't think anybody is. I think that's all BS. Because what? Teresa said Melissa's leaving. Yeah, and didn't you tell me that Teresa announced that she was done? Yeah, then Teresa threatened it. But I think it was, she was just using it as like a bargaining tool. I don't know. I saw a thing on um, with Andy that Teresa apologized to Andy and told him that she's not leaving. So I think that was just a marketing ploy. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they do that shit all the time. Yeah, the edits are amazing. But not even that. They always say they're leaving and then they don't. It's kind of like when, you know, like Ozzy Osbourne has said he's been doing his goodbye tour like 45 times. Kiss has been on a, been on a farewell <laughs> tour for about 50 years now. Right. So, I mean, you never know. Yeah. So that's kind of like, you know, the housewives leaving. And then they come back. Well, I was going to say, look at um, Beverly Hills. No. Orange County? Orange County. This season just started and Tamara's back. She's been gone for seasons. And yep. now she's back all of a sudden. Well, you never know. They ran out of money. I mean, I don't blame them. If I could just hop in another season or something and get a, you know... Lots of money. I would do it, too. <laughs> I'm telling you, we should set up cameras around the house. I know. We could totally have a reality oh, show. It would be amazing. We'd make the Osbournes look sane. We need to do that. We should. We should. Get the to-do list. <laughs> I'll put that on. I'll put that on my to-do list. All right. All right. Cool. Is that it? Yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, go, I don't want to bore anyone, so I'm not oh, going to go too long. Oh, would you knock it off? <laughs> 
No, so that's about it. Well, 90 Day Fiance, we just started a new one, but we're going to wait a little bit for that. We'll talk about that next week. Okay. But if you haven't watched 90 Day, there's a new there's a 90 guy. Day Fiance the other way. I thought it was before the 90. Oh, you're right. We just finished you the other way. You shit straight. Listen, there's a lot of 90 Day shows. <laughs> you're right. We do need to talk about that one next time, though, because there's a lot of controversy online about the new girl, Amanda. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. And the deaf guy. Oh, yeah, the deaf guy, too. The deaf guy. All right, so we'll talk about that. We'll save that one. Coming up pretty soon, we both have some obscure music genres and... um. Jen showed me a little preview of hers, and her, <laughs> hers trumps all of mine. Like, oh, oh it's God, amazing. This is amazing. Uh, also, our interview with Josh Moore from Fear the Masses, anti-radio. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Anti-radio, this is Jeff Testanero, and this is a voice if all of you stuck around for the past decade while we were doing other things, apparently. This is a voice you remember from back in the day, a good friend of ours, and a loyal supporter of Anti-Radio, Mr. Josh Moore from Fear the Masses. Josh, what's going on, brother? How's it going, man? Not bad. It's been a, it's been a while. What's, uh, yes, what's new with you? Um, how much time you got? <laughs> um, I got? I got all the time in the world for you, man. <laughs> um, you know, a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, we got some new members. We got um, music we're working on. We got like shows. Trying to do a different thing with our live show. Just a whole bunch of stuff, man. We um, uh, post COVID, it's trying to almost reinvent the live show. You know what I mean? Yeah. How are the live shows going so far? Um, better now. I'd say like like for the past two years it was rough. The first two years out of it were rough. Like it was really touch and go, depending on if there was like a outbreak in the area, whether people would show up or not, and all that stuff. We've been playing a lot more out of state. Um, just cause a lot of stuff closed in Connecticut as well. So we lost some promoters, a lot of promoters in Connecticut kind of stopped doing stuff. So we kind of just moved. We did, a, you know, been playing a lot more in Rhode Island and, um, Massachusetts, but we just literally played, uh, Cherry Street a little while ago. We're going to come back to Cherry Street in, in August. Um, again, we look forward to that. Any CT shows, man, we, we love being home. It just is hard, you know. Uh, we understand, like, for people to get out because there's not – the venues kind of, unfortunately, didn't make it through some of them, mm. you know. It's, it's, it was tough, man, on a lot of places closed, but I'm very happy that Cherry Street's still around, man. That is, like, the the heart and twisted soul of the Connecticut metal scene. So it's, it's very it really. Nice. It really, really is. You know, it's it's always a cool place just to hang out. They always got some good shows going on. They always different stuff and Sarah and the crew always does a great job, so it's really nice knowing that they're still alive and kicking. Yeah, for sure. It's and like honestly, like that place is always so welcoming to like new people who might not, you know, really go to live shows. Like 
it, people are just really dope there. Like, like coming, like, like you know, mm-hmm. coming from like I came from a different scene. I came from more of the hip hop community and like the R and B sort of side of things before I got into metal. So it's a way different like feel that like going to a your first metal show is kind of intimidating, honestly. Even for somebody like my size and like that, it still was <laughs> still kind of intimidating for me. So yeah. like when I got to like Cherry Street and we played the first time there and everybody was really cool and really welcoming, it really like allowed me to feel, you know, the part, like feel a part of the Connecticut metal scene and like being able to pass that on now and continue to give that to other people when we play there is like it's one of my goals to be honest that's awesome um it's always good to hand it down you know to keep keep the the fresh blood flowing and like like you i've noticed and like you just mentioned you guys play a lot in like rhode island is the rhode island scene much different than the connecticut scene or is it pretty much just like one giant family where you go it's it's pretty much the same vibe honestly it's a weird vibe it's so it's the same it's definitely a family vibe right but it's it's such a mixture because rhode island is you know small like it's not the biggest state in the world like it is a combination of that eastern mass group so like bands from like you know like boston and like from the cape will come down and play in rhode island and then western or Eastern Connecticut bands will make the trip. Even us, we're based out of like New Haven area. Mm-hmm. It's only an hour and 15 to Providence. So you can play there and still come back in the same night and not really, you know, lose a day of sleep or have to get a hotel room or any of that stuff. So being able to do that has like opened up a brand new audience for us. We've gotten, um, a lot of cool opportunities with different promoters, with different bands. We've played, um, we got to open again for our, our boys in Head PE. We've opened for them like six times. We did that out in Mass, uh, in Rhode Island, rather. So their scene is, I would say their scene is like a community, but it's a it's a broader base hmm. where like the Connecticut scene, everybody knows each other, but everybody's from Connecticut. That's great. It's really nice that you guys can spread your wings like that and uh, get fans everywhere. Um, have you played? Now you guys, you, you guys, for, for, from what I've seen since we've been off and since the uh, um, the whole uh, COVID hit, uh, you guys have been. You guys are like one of the. You know, you, you guys have have stayed strong in fear of the masses. And you've been continuing to put out new music. Is there anything new coming from Fear the Masses uh, that we can look forward to really soon? So soon is gonna be. I mean, soon is always relative, I suppose, right? Yeah. Um, we've been we've been working on. Um, well, what started the worst timing in the world. What started as a recordings recordings we did in 20, the end of 2019 in like November of 2019 to do a summer release of a six song EP. Um, we recorded all of them. That includes tipping point, which is something we released, um, which I'll talk about that in a few minutes, but this one, we plan on the six song, um, EP, for this next album 
and we were set. Everything is recorded. Everything's done, ready to go. And COVID happens. Um, and as you know, like in new England, it doesn't really pay to do a release show in the winter or in like even early spring because you never know if it's going to snow and that just destroys the whole event. So we kind of decided, um, for lack of a better term, we were going to do it in the summer and then yeah, COVID. So we kind of, we put it on hold for a little bit. Um, and so we had to, um, move on from a drummer Mm -hmm. at somewhere in there um i believe it was 2021 we moved on from our drummer and so we brought in um a new guitar player because our our second guitarist is actually a drummer who can play guitar but he's a better drummer so he's like i want to play drums and we're like are you sure because you hate carrying stuff but he's like sure (laughs) (laughs) so he decided he decided against his better judgment, I guess, to uh, could go ahead and play drums yeah. um, for us. And we brought in a second guitar player who is basically a writing savant. This kid, on his own, his solo project, shout out to Mycerium, is on Bandcamp. And he has, I think, almost 60 albums, complete albums that he's written. Um, the kid just can write music and has this crazy ear and amazing talent. So he jumped in and was like, Hey, I have these couple of riffs. If you guys want to work on them. And because we weren't really able to play out very much, we'd get a show once every three months or so at that point is about what we were playing. Um, we were like, yeah, sure. And like practices were iffy. Um, so we literally were just like, yeah, why not? We would get on discord and we use guitar pro. Um, thanks to our bass player, John, for that, got the hookup for guitar pro. And we just sat there and we'd sit down and for a couple hours at a time and we would just write through songs and tab it all out on guitar pro and figure it all out. So now it is going to be a 12 song lp called regime change mm-hmm. we have to re-record the drums and finish the next six songs um so that'll take probably you know i'm hoping we'll get that done in end of july early august so hopefully by october my goal is i want to have i want to have a big show because we've made so many friends over the years and like it's been almost 10 years now because of that that um three years after post-covid um it's been almost 10 years since rise came out so i want to be able to play with at least like you know at least seven or eight of the bands bringing a few from out of state to get acquainted with the ct metal scene as well so i want to make the show kind of like homage to the last 10 years of what we've been doing mm-hmm. um so that means I got to do it before November. So the goal is finish the recordings, retract the drums, and hopefully that, all that stuff will happen um, by the end of, by, by middle of August. 
that'll give us time to do what we want to do as far as art and pressing and all that fun stuff. You know what? Um, so you just booked yourself and the entire band to come in and sit, actually sit with us when this comes out, and we're going to go over it song by song, so we're going to dedicate a whole episode of Anti-Radio just to you guys. So congratulations, you just booked yourself. <laughs> hey, let's do it. I'm always down, man. We actually have, um, we planned on doing that, something like that um, with the album. So that'd be fuck, That'd be a perfect way to get it done, man. Let's do it. Uh, so tell me about Tipping Point. Or tell everybody about Tipping Point. I've, I've played it a few times. I've listened to it. It's You guys are always on point. And this, this song, Tipping Point, is absolutely no different. So um, right. t- tell us about Tipping Point. So Tipping Point, um, Tipping Point was written, Jesus, I think I wrote the lyrics, the basic lyrics for Tipping Point about five years ago, five or six years ago. Um, it was when um, Eric Garner was killed by NYPD. Mm-hmm. Um, he was choked to death um, for selling loose cigarettes. And... His last words were also, I can't breathe. So I wrote that song because that was really a big sticking point for me and a tipping point for me as far as, like, it has to change. And then we record that song, and then literally six months after that, George Floyd happens. Um, And we just were like, we have to put it out. We have to put the single out now because the whole album wasn't ready yet and we weren't ready obviously because of covid we weren't ready to release an album but it just it it rang so close to home and it brought back every single feeling of that like people are getting so aggravated and and like we're pushing people to a a brink that people aren't going to be able to come back from so like I had, we just decided we had to do it. We had to release it. It was the right time. And um, honestly, like everybody's given us great feedback on it. Um, and I, I, I'm really happy with that song. Uh, I know like anytime like you bring certain topics up, people always are gonna, I guess, question, you know, why why not you know shut up and play your guitar shut up and whatever you know like don't bring politics or don't bring social social issues into your music you know what i mean but like i'm one of those people that all of our songs are about that Mm -hmm. and if people haven't really gotten that yet i I feel kind of bad for you because that means that you're not paying attention to the message you know absolutely i mean pretty much every song ever created has some political backing or social backing to it. I mean, War Pigs is about is a very anti-imperialist, you know, song that Black Sabbath wrote, and you guys are absolutely no different. Do you think now with the state of the world, the way it is post-COVID, you know, BLM still going, um, the social construct of our country is still pretty much ripping at the seams, do you feel like, you guys need to step it up more with the message, um, and if so, why? I think <clears throat> so. It's hard, right? I think 
I, th- I think what we do well is we do a good job of allowing the message to speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to put a ton of my personal stuff in, um, or my personal views, I should say, in. I try to be a lot more, you know, like fact based or a lot more like, like, I guess fact guiding than I do try to guide the listener into what I think. So I would say that yes, we should step it up a little bit, but how to do that without upsetting basically everybody but like two people in the audience is always the you know is always the um the juggle now because especially now now like you said the country is so divisive on every single thing on every issue and it doesn't it doesn't matter even in people's own houses you got people fighting every single day about something and it's it's one of those things i guess to me it's more or less like um, like everybody has an opinion yeah. and mm-hmm. it, it sucks because now there's so many places to voice every opinion and you can get in your little echo chamber and you never have to hear any different. So people are literally just, you know, holding on to things that aren't factual, that have no real bearing and guidance. So it's like, I want to speak up and give them like facts but at the same time i don't want like the woke people to come after me at the same time as the trump people at the same time as you know what i mean because like yeah Yeah. it's a snowballing effect yeah Um, well any any little thing you say can set i mean you you could be all woke but if you say one thing the woke doesn't like they're going to explode same with with you know the the far right people so i mean it's, it's hard exactly it's really it's, it is it is that time like it's it's always funny when i when i get on like twitter or something and i'll scroll through and i'll see somebody who is so incredibly left and knowing that person and knowing that they are very much so lean left they're left oriented and they'll say anything like like hey like you know maybe we don't need to cancel every single person oh this person's a far right nut job it's like Wait, because he said don't cancel everyone. It's just so crazy now, and so everything is so polarized. Like you said, one statement can change everybody's whole opinion on you. So it's it's a weird spot to be in, especially as a social political band. And and you know, I'm I'm really. Especially with this album, I walk some really fine lines, and I hope people get it. Um, but if they don't, they don't. Like I can't, I can't make everybody happy. I guess is the best way to put it. I hear you, Josh. Thank you for sitting with me tonight. It was it was awesome once again to talk to you. You guys are great, and I really am looking forward to uh, you guys coming in when the new album is done. So get out there and kick some ass, will you? hell yeah man thank you so much man it's good to have you guys back and uh yeah can't wait we'll uh definitely come in and see you guys soon thank you brother yo this is josh from fear the masses and you're listening to anti-radio
Hey guys, this is John Matos from Abiotic. This is Timmy Brown. This is John Exhall. We're from the Texas Hippie Coalition. And you are listening to Anti Radio. Anti Radio. You are listening to Anti Radio. You're listening to Anti Radio. Get your phone. Welcome back to Anti Radio. Just say it yourself. The podcast. I'm just. I just like torturing you. Well, I want to include you in the... I'm inter- just torturing you. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> You're married to the head producer. Yeah, yep. you can. Right, see? I'm Jeff Testanero. And I'm Jennifer Testanero. There's our interview with Josh Moore from Fear the Masses and their tune Tipping Point, their new one. Uh, those guys got real big in Rhode Island. So go- kudos to you, boys. Right, good for them. Always love those guys. Uh, coming up right now, actually, we have some... Your music genres. <laughs> These are pretty good. So I mean, I thought I knew like some. I thought I knew like, you know, the genres. I thought there was like just the generic, like you know. Yeah, like baby metal. And <laughs> I mean, even those are kind of weird, but you know, like. Grindcore. What was the one that um, that Mike was talking about? Yacht rock. Yacht rock. Yep, yacht rock. Oh, <laughs> I yacht mean, I'd even big. heard of that. Yeah. There's a there's a whole thing on Spotify. Fuck you, Spotify. On Spotify. <laughs> Of just yacht rock, right? That's what I mean. But like, I thought I knew the genres, and now to find all these, I had no idea there were so many. I yeah, I'm actually shocked that these exist and people actually listen to them. Go ahead, g- give us one. All right, so we'll start a little. This one wasn't I thought too crazy, but have you ever heard of Witch House? No. Okay, so you know like house music. Yeah, that really okay, bad. or mm-hmm. or like a form of what? It's a form of like electronic, right? Technically, electronic yeah. Dance club so club it's music. similar to that. Yeah. It's a form, a subgenre of electronic, but it's like, you know, has um, dark and, you know, evil undertones. As you say that, <laughs> So, you know, like, I mean, a lot of the bands, and they also refer to a lot of, like, horror movie. Okay. Um, you know, So like, it's like dance club cannibal corpse. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it looks like death metal, but, like, the electronic version, the electronic I don't know. The version of death metal is Witch House. <laughs> So I don't know, but like the band names, some of them are like Salem and like uh, the White Ring. White Ring. Yeah, Follow the White know, like, Ring. I just thought of like that's Samara, little girl rad. crawling out of the TV. But yes, that's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, I thought that was interesting. It says it emerged like in the late 2000s. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, again, I there's weirder things, but I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. again, there's like goth rock. It's like similar to some of those, you know. It's okay, so it's the. Club it's a sub genre, okay. Club oh, they version. call it a micro genre. Oh, micro. Because nobody's I mean, how ever specific, fucking heard of it. How specific are we gonna get here? Is this how they play at like Club Gotham in New Haven? Right. I wonder where they kids. even play it. I don't know. I don't know. I got Ooh, one. Ready? They started. What? Ready? Travis. Oh, I'm gonna butcher his name. Travis, a Getty. I'm oh. guessing that's how you pronounce it. Okay. But he apparently started this. Okay, back in 2009. That's great. He coined the phrase. I don't know. Did he, did he copyright it? Occult-based house music. Did he copyright it? Hope he yes, co- he Yo, did. Yo, Travis, I hope you copyrighted that, dude. He's a he's a producer, apparently. Oh. Well, huzzah. Hmm. Gonna check some of that out. I got one. All right. Because as, as, if, as if straight edge wasn't bad enough, <laughs> now we have vegan straight edge. What is that? It's a brand of hardcore punk like straight edge that lobbies, lobbies against animal cruelty and drug use. So do they and literally like use? they say that stuff in the lyrics? Like yeah, they probably talk about like, like, don't eating kill cows. Meat. Yeah, like meat, meat is murder, and so gotcha. is 
you know, caffeine. So it's like the people that go do the, um, the like protests, but it's like music version. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Because, hmm. like I said, as if straight edge wasn't bad enough, <laughs> now we've got to add a little meat. <laughs> Listen, there's probably some listeners that are vegan. <laughs> probably. But I don't know if they go as far as this one, so. I don't understand vegan. It's like, aren't eggs good? Um, well, I since I eat a high-protein, low-carb diet, I wouldn't survive, so... <laughs> and we're gonna go have steak, so there we go. Yeah, no. Uh, to give me another one. Give me another one. Complextro. You can't even say these. Com- <laughs> Complextro what is, is that? a subgenre of electro okay, music. Okay, so we, I guess we're not that Hold off. On. They're subgenres. Subgenre okay. of electro music. That has at least 128 beats per minute. Oh, this is specific. Okay. Yes, and is strongly influenced by the heavy bass lines seen in dubstep and electro house. Oh, interesting. So it probably goes, and you have to like move it real fast with your glow sticks. Because <laughs> if you take enough E and cocaine, you can do that. Mm, interesting. Mm, All right, so there's a lot of there's a lot of subgenres of house music we didn't know about. Yeah, apparently. All right, you got. Give us your. Give All right, us your I got big. a good one. Give us your big, and we're gonna. All right, so this song. is how I, I thought of this was because of this. So yeah. I was, with, you know, I was with my cousin last weekend, and we were talking about this, and she's talking about her stepdaughter. Her stepdaughter is thirteen, so you know they're right at that age. They're exploring new music, and yeah. you know whatever. And she was talking about how bad the music is nowadays, because um, you know. Like stepmother, my cousin was teaching her, but you know, showing she listens to all the old like '90s grunge, you know, all the good stuff. So she was saying, well, you know, I really like this new kind of music I found, though. And she's like, oh, what is it? And she said, bimbo core. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, what? Bimbo core. Bimbo core. So, and it's literally exactly what you think. So it's like this little girl, like the main girl who is um. Like the face of it or whatever. Names. Names. Yeah, her name is Scene Queen. Of course it is. Wait, is that Scene the Queen. band's name or her name? Well, I think it's. I don't know if she's a band or if she's solo, but it's this girl. We're getting Scene Queen on here. Um, we should, and I'll. We also don't worry. I, I have a clip, so don't worry. Oh, we're gonna, you know what? But we're gonna bump the song I was supposed to play. We can always play Cannibal Corpse to play Scene Queen. We're gonna play some Scene Queen when you're done. Okay, so this is just yeah. So it's basically a little, you know cute little blonde girls in like all pink like Barbie doll you know think like Paris Hilton like early 2000s like that kind of outfits yeah um but they like talk pretty nasty in these songs (laughs) like I expected it to be almost like a Barbie girl type thing but then all of a sudden they're like talking about like three girls in the shower and I was like oh I didn't expect that (laughs) two girls in one cup (laughs) I yeah I can't um so I don't know it was very interesting but I read so then when I was looking it up I loved an article comes up and says how it's um, a form of modern feminism. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, how? Okay. Listen. <laughs> you can get anything past anybody these days by saying feminism. How, though, is a girl dressed a little skanky and, like, supposed it's, to be cute and bubbly it's not. modern feminism? It's so, of course, I had to look it up and figure this out. But So, apparently, they're saying because these girls can still be pretty and cute and attractive girls, but still not be suppressed by the pressures of modern society and they can say whatever they want whether society likes it or not yeah like what but <laughs> being being a whore is not feminine that's it's putting yourself I know, back I know. like but that's the, their way of um turning see, that 
your gender just kicked in. You look angry right now. <laughs> You're like, oh, that is not feminism. No, I just don't get that. Is yeah, no, that's not feminism. <laughs> it's, not, it's the exact opposite yes. of feminism, actually. But I don't like that. Well, again, I'm sorry to say this generation, though, they turn anything into like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you I'm sorry. I don't. This is, this is the opposite of feminism. I don't understand. <laughs> but yeah, you got to listen to the scene, Queen. Is this kind of like. I know there was this band out. I think they're still around. Triple H was using them a lot in NXT. Poppy? I have no idea. This might be the same thing. So Maybe. We'll we gotta... have to look that up. We'll see what genre Poppy okay. is. I'm going to look it up. Okay. All right. How about while we play Scene Queen? I'll we'll look play it up. Scene Queen. Right. And if anybody's listening who can get me in touch with Scene Queen, I want to talk to them. All right. Here's Scene Queen with the song. This Is this for real? Pink Panther. Oh, yeah. Right here on Anti-Radio, the podcast. God is an impotent nothing from nowhere with less power than the Undersecretary of Agriculture who has very little power in our system. <laughs> Welcome back to Anti-Radio, the podcast, since Jen won't say it, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm Jeff Testanero. And I'm Jennifer Testanero. And she's currently still reading things about Poppy. <laughs> okay, so I looked Poppy up. So she's under... Like her genres, she's got like several genres listed. So she's listed under like pop, heavy metal, electronic, industrial, experimental. So, you know, all of those. But she got famous on YouTube, it says. Ah. Uh, yes. So. Okay. Yeah, she got viral fame. Neat. Yeah. That's cool. She sounds like she sounds like scene queen. <laughs> she sounds just All right, like so what do you think of scene queen? That was uh, pretty interesting. That huh? was pretty interesting. I um, told you, I didn't expect it to get heavy. so like. That got kind of. Yeah, it was a little. Uh, punch you in the face. I don't even know how to describe that. It makes me want to lock my daughters in their bedroom and never let them out ever again. Well, that's what my cousin said. She told her stepdaughter. She's like, you can't listen to this. (laughs) This is bad. That's what she's like. That's disgusting. Yeah. And once again, just showing how fucking old we are. I mean, I thought Closer was pushing it by Nine Inch Nails. She's pushing her stepdaughter to listen to metal and stuff. And she doesn't want her listening to that. I don't blame her. No, I, pr- I would much rather my girls listen to a song entitled I Come Blood than that. Okay. I'm not sure about that one, but... I know, I'm being facetious. <laughs> uh, that was that was, that was, that was, that was interesting. Yeah, interesting. I just, I can't. I think we're going to play that a lot. So that one gave me a... Like again, I felt old and I was just in shock that that's like a thing. But apparently it is. It's modern feminism. Hmm. Hmm. You know, because here you go. It's centered around body positivity for women, sexuality, and pink doll-like charm. There's a fucking tagline for you. Pink you can make doll-like. It. So all the pedophiles can go listen to it. <laughs> that, to, honestly, that's the first thing that crossed my mind. It's pedal rock. Because, like, these girls are dressed in these little pink dresses, but they're, like, low-cut and they look all slutty. But, yeah, pedal rock. But, um, so. I don't know. That creeped me out. And I, Can we move on? <laughs> yes. Uh, before that, we had Tipping Point from Fear the Masses, our interview with Josh. They're going to come back. When their CD drops in a few months, oh, and we're sweet. gonna sit and chill with them. We can have time. a we can have a release party. We can have a release party with Love popcorn it. and soda pop. That was before oh that was God. Rage Against the Machine and our good friends in Physics of Demise. Um, yeah, uh, go find a local show in your area if you're hosting a show or something. Um, email me antiradioct at gmail.com. I would like to promote it, and I'm tired of hunting. So send me your flyers. Um, visit our social media, Facebook, Anti-Radio the Podcast. Uh, Instagram, Anti-Radio underscore podcast. Nothing to say about it? No, no, you're on a roll. I'm just going to let you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, next week is From the Void, episode two. What's on From the Void? Uh, or is it like a secret? No, I'm going to air my... <laughs> I don't like secrets. We all I know, you're know not going to... No, you're not... No, let's that. rephrase that. You're not good at secrets. Not You don't like secrets. I'm terrible at secrets. You are terrible at secrets. He like wants to tell me my Christmas present like the day he buys it. I already know what I'm getting you this year. Oh, God. I don't even know what I'm getting. I know what you're getting from me. Ooh, can you tell me? Nope. <laughs> See, I can get out of it so easily. Ooh. Uh, next week's From the Void will be our 2013 interview with Body Count. Oh, good one. From Mayhem Fest. That was a fun day. That was a very fun day. It was our first major show mm. uh, live. We were in the media tent. That was that was a good time. And it was our first interview of the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm cackling like a moron because I am so nervous. You were fangirling again. I was fangirling because I love Body Count. <laughs> yep. So. You bought, remember you bought a Body Count t-shirt that day? Damn right I did. Mm-hmm. I still wear it. Yeah. I still wear it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, with Sean, Will, and Vincent Price from Body Count for a Mayhem Fest 2013. So, I don't know. That's what I got. Check it out. That's what I got. You got anything else? Wow, you're done talking? I'm done talking. Oh my gosh, that's like a record. I know, it is a record. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Okay, well... For Anti-Radio, the podcast, I'm Jeff Testanero. And I'm Jennifer Testanero. See you next time, weirdos. Anti-Radio and its contents are copyright and trademark of Fringe Entertainment, LLC. Copyright 2023.